Hello, folks. Here we go again. Uh, this is Tammy and uh, Sean back um, having conversations and, uh, for tonight. We have an interesting one, I think. Let my people think. That's right. That's what we're going to be talking about. And um, for the next maybe half hour or so, we're going to expand on what, you know, um, we're thinking about in letting our people think. What's up, Sean? Hey, Tammy. So so this one is interesting, like you say. Um, with this one, um, we're going to be looking at three different ideas, right? Um, so we're not going to go into too much detail with these particular ideas. We're just going to, you know, touch on each each of those ideas and then and the the, the 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 idea behind this one the premise behind this one once again is just to get a conversation going um i mean these are ideas that you know people already you know well um you know they're well established ideas people are very very familiar with them but we're just trying to like i said you know start a conversation and you know just just give a different or maybe not so different perspective um, you know, to these ideas and then just see, you know, what sort of conversations, um, you know, develop. So with this particular one, you know, with this particular, um, um, we're going to be discussing three things. Mm -hmm. We're going to be discussing equality. Mm -hmm. We're going to be discussing exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. And then last but not least, we're going to be dis discussing defund the police. Right. I mean, that is a conversation that's going on right now. So we're going to discuss, you know, defund the police. But, you know, we'll leave that one until last. We mm -hmm. can start with, you know, the, um, you know, the ideas, you know, surrounding um, equality. Yeah. And what are we saying? Uh, we're saying uh, these, is, these are ongoing things. And um, just like the, uh, the topic for the evening, you know, which we've called "Let My People Think," you know, it's 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 a conversation starter. It's 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 an idea builder. It's hey, some of the things that we we, you know, we 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 talk about or they may not necessarily be the way you see it, but at least you know, um, you're gonna entertain you 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 we want you to entertain another viewpoint. You know, so you can say, you know, not just shout at, shout at me and say, oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, we want to be able to articulate, you know, um, a way of thinking that will say, that will suggest to somebody else who doesn't think quite like that. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Or, hey, I disagree, but I understand. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, equality. Um, that is a buzzword. It's it's been it's the rallying cry. Yeah, it's right a rallying cry. You everybody know, it, wants yeah, equality. everybody wants equality. Yeah. You know, um for me personally, it, there, there is more to equality, you know, than the you or the, the, there isn't enough, let me put it like you know, let me rephrase it. There isn't enough to equality that gets me super excited. <laughs> You know, um, and why do I say that? Word. Uh, because uh, equality is, I'm more interested in equity. Absolutely. Than equality. equality. Absolutely. Equality is, you know, because I never have been able to understand why I would expect another man to tell me 
you're now equal. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't make it okay. Thank you. Peace now, out. You now, know, so, so now, now what? what? Now what? You know, um, for me, equality proves it. It's something that proves itself. That's right. You know, if I'm on the same, if, if I'm on the level playing field with you. You know, you don't have to tell me I'm equal to you. It'll prove itself. It will prove itself. That's right. You know, it's not something that you bestow or you bestow upon me. <laughs> you know, it's something that comes out of me. That's right. Uh, you know, am I inferior if if we're on, if we're on the same level? If we're on the level playing field, my inferiority, superiority, we'll, or equality we'll will prove itself. itself. Absolutely. You see, to me, to me. This conversation about, about about equality is is is, is super important, um, and I don't think we'll do it justice in the time that we have. But that's fine. Everybody's asking for equality, but to me, equality is a limited hangout. Equality does not does not necessitate the sort of introspection that is needed to cure the ills of black people. Equality does not necessitate the sort of action that is necessary for us to get to where we need to get to. In fact, equality presupposes, and this is the annoying thing, equality presupposes that me and you, we need the same thing. But we don't. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I don't need the same education as you. My education, my, my educational needs in a country that for 400 years has told me I am nothing, cannot be the same educational needs of a child that was raised in a system developed to uplift him. So, so how can I be equal with you? So for 400 years, these two boys have been listening to the same thing. One system tells one of the boys, you're the best thing since sliced bread. The next thing is telling the other boy, you suck. You suck. Yeah. And now you're telling me you're going to give them both equality. Let me get, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, equality, um, you know, in a, in a way, some people might listen to this and say, you know, you guys are... It's you know it's probably it's semantics or you guys are you know um, you don't you, some somebody might actually say dude you guys don't even know what you're talking about <laughs> you know because you know I again like we said like we preface this whole thing it's only what what we, what, what we're doing here in this conversation is just throwing another thought out there mm. because. For now, the the way I look at it sometimes, right? I'm like, you know, I understand. You know, there is this the the fight is ongoing right now. You know, equality, equality. Let's all let's get equality. You know what is this? At what point in time, you know, do you now say we've gotten what we want, so the struggle ends? So it ends. Yes. Yes. You know, so how do you now draw, how do you now, you know, derive mm. an end to, you know, if, if is, is it somebody now standing up on a, um, on a podium and say, you all have, you, we, you're all equal, 
and then we say we we have it or is this a you know is it a continuing battle mm. and the goalposts keep getting moved each yeah. and every time that's right you know to me looking you striving for equality you know just like Sean just said you know I'm just using the example of education of not necessarily you know looking for the same kind of education as everybody else you know equality in that con- in in the context of what we're striving for right now becomes an endless strive yeah you know but if we are if equity on the other hand mm. is quantifiable yes <laughs> you know you know uh, you, you we know what time and actions have deprived also, us of yes you know and so we say you know i i don't care how you call it or whatever bring me up to speed to where you to are where you are and then let me prove to you that i'm equal that to i'm you. equal to you in other words in other words equality right almost presupposes that everybody starts from the same place and that everybody needs the same thing. But equity, and that's not true, by the way, equity meets you where you are. The Sankofa symbol for, for the heart, right? That, you know, everybody now the calls bird. that the bird. Yes. It means go back and get it. Yes. Go back and get it. Go back and get what? What we're saying is equity goes much further than equality. Equity says, look, for 400 years, these guys have been held back. We need to figure out a way, like Tammy said, to bring them up to speed. That's the bottom line. We can quantify what we deprive them of. We know exactly what we need to get them closer to the mark. Once we do that, then we can talk about equality. This conversation about equality reminds me of maybe, you know, it's it's analogous to two people racing, right? The way the American system has worked so far is there's a certain group of people, right? This is a 100-yard dash, right? There's a certain group of people, they're already on the 90-yard line. And I'm on the zero-yard line with weights tied to my feet. It's equal in the sense that we're on the same field, but is that really equitable? No, it's not. This guy has had all the advantages for the longest time. And the problem with this conversation is a lot of people, especially in the in, in you know in the black community, say, well, we don't want to see things that way because that means we're playing victim. And I say no. Simply acknowledging what has been done to you is not you playing victim. Simply acknowledging what has been done to you is you just acknowledging a truth. That's the, yeah. Whether you want to admit it or not, this was done to us. And yes, in this system, some black people have fared better than other black people. Yes, they have. And kudos to them. Nobody is denying your agency. My question is, how much more would you have done if you didn't have those shackles on your feet? That's the, that's the question right there. And that's equity. Equity will meet you at the point that you are. Equity will say, first of all, I need to debug your operating system because your operating system is full of nonsense that I need to take out. 
I am not going to add additional information on an already bugged system. That's equity. So the first thing you need to do for us as Africans in this country is you need to debug our operating system of all the nonsense that you've put there. That's equity. That's equity. Second of all, you then need to give us a proper stake at the table. That's equity. Right? Thirdly, you then need to acknowledge what you did. And that's the problem with equity. Because when you talk about equity, you're talking about an acknowledgement of what's taking place. Here's the kicker. America has never lied to us about who she is. We're the ones that refuse to believe America. So when America puts something like equality on the table, you need to ask yourself, if she's willing to put equality on the table, what isn't she willing to put on the table? That's the equity. Equity. Level playing field. Equity. It, it costs. It costs. Yes. It doesn't cost anything to say, okay, well, now we're, we're equal. equal. I'll give you an example. I used to be in real estate. And the best example I have is two guys have a house. One worked to buy the house. Right? The house is worth $2 million. Only one guy owns the house. Not the guy that worked to earn the money. The other guy. He owns the house. So he, he owns the equity of that house. That house is worth $2 million. But that $2 million only belongs to one guy. The house now earns, let's say, $50,000 every year in rent. Equality is that guy saying, I will share the rent with you. That's equality. Equity, equity. says, nah, dog, yeah. guess what? To me, does. How much did I put into this thing? How much does this house, is it worth? How much interest have you made on this house? How much money is this house actually worth? That's right. Give me my share that's of that, that's equity. That's equity. Because the problem with equity is this. Once you give me equity, I may decide I no longer want to be in this house. Equity is freedom. It's freedom. Yeah. Equity is freedom. In my opinion, equality is just a limited hangout. Yeah, I totally, I, man, that is well, so well put. You know, and... Uh, that that is actually um, the the point of that. There's equity versus equal, you know. But I, you know, I want you know our guys listening to this to the, to this conversation, you know, not to get or to to get it twisted that for you know, uh, Sean and Tammy are saying equality is a bad thing. Mm -mm. No, non equality is not necessarily. We're not saying it's a bad thing. We're just saying. Let my people think about this a little bit. Equality is not quite enough. It's not. Equality doesn't get you to where you want to be. It doesn't. Or Re repair you yes. from where you've come where from. Where you've come from. Equality says, let us continue now. Yes. Equality is so convenient. because it's so convenient. Yeah, it's so convenient because they, especially when the past, you know, it's has so been, inconvenient. It's so, yeah. It's so painful. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, so it is easy to say, okay, let's start from here and move on. You know, but the, the problem is you do not necessarily give up what you had in the past. You know, if my star from the past is baggage, I still have it. That's right. And if yours is diamonds and, and roses, yeah, you still, you have, still it. have it. You still have it. Then how the heck can you now say that we're, we're equal, equal because some dude said, yeah. you know, we're not yeah. equal. Somehow or the other, to your point, for this to work, we need to go back. And you see that baggage that I have? Yeah. You and I need to figure out how we're going to share this baggage. That's right. And those diamonds and pearls that you have. You're going well. <laughs> we need to figure out a way to share that too. That's right. That's equity. That's equity. And until we get there, I just think that I don't want my people to be disillusioned with the fact that equality is utopia. Equality will prove itself out. That's my point. Once yes. you rectify the equity. The equity. That's it. Yeah. Because I am so confident in the ability of my people. Oh, absolutely. You know, so that is why, you know, um, I don't shy away from the fact that um, on, an, on a level playing field, the equality will prove itself. And you know what I love about that? It actually segues us very, very nicely into the next conversation mm -hmm. about exceptionalism. Mm -hmm. So exceptionalism is the study of the unique and the exceptional. It's like right. uh, a theory that a nation, a people is exceptional because they don't conform to the norms or, or to the rules. It was interesting. I was reading um, um, Michelle Alexander's book, you know, The New Jim Crow where she reveals, you know, not that we don't know, but that there's no justice in the American, you know, penal justice system. But what was funny, and that's why I wanted to have this conversation, was she explains how white America defends itself and argues that racism and the racial caste in America is dead and buried because we have exceptional people like Oprah, and Barack Obama. Their argument is, if racism and all these things still existed, then how are we birthing such exceptional people? And that to me is a case of somebody trying to have their cake and eat it. Mm. You set up a system, a system, right, that is predicated on keeping one people down while elevating another one, right? Mm -hmm. This system was in place for centuries. I think we should no longer argue about whether or not that system worked. And oh, by the way, it's now 2020. Anybody that looks at a black person and says that the only thing they need to do is pull themselves up by their bootstraps, <laughs> I am sorry, you're a racist. You know what I'm saying? You like, like miss me with that bootstrap nonsense. And you know my you know my <laughs> thoughts on you know, you know my thoughts on those crazy bootstraps. Miss, miss yeah. me with that bootstrap thing. That is such a bogus argument, man, because you know, like I told you, you know, we we we've talked about, you know, I'm all, my mind always 
you know, pictures and dramatizes, you know, these bootstraps and the way I, <laughs> my concept of it is the guy who's telling me to pull myself up by the bootstraps, right? He's the one that makes and sells bootstraps. These bootstraps. That's right. And uh, you know how you pull bootstraps up, you know, you, you put it through the eyelets and everything and you pull on the bootstraps. He sold you some bogus bootstraps. Yeah, and the bootstraps <laughs> always <laughs> breaks in my hands. Guess where guess what, what what happens after the break? Go back to your store and buy another set of bootstraps, right? That's right. You keep getting rich. And I kept getting poorer, breaking bootstraps. So no, I, I, you know, that bootstrap stuff, man, it's a very, very weak way of talking to me. So they set the system up, mm -hmm. right? And the system worked. It did work. If it didn't work, we would not be having the conversation that we're having, you know, right now. So what is this system? What is this system, right? It is a system that says we're going to educate you badly we're going to mistreat you and that's you know that's me being very very generous we're going to get rid of your history we're going to put nine levels of hells on you in other words it's a system that is designed to ensure that you don't thrive it is a system that is designed to ensure that you don't live let alone strive it is a system that has decided that you are going to be the permanent underclass. Right? Right. And this system works, right? So, you know, we can name all the different things that they did. You know, the GI Bill, redlining laws, you know, the Dawes Roll. Jim um, Crow. Jim Crow. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay. So they deploy this system on freed on, on, on free black people that they kidnapped, brought here, tortured, raped, subjugated, and then put into slavery. But those people didn't break. They absorbed everything that you gave them. And what did they give you in turn? They gave you blues, jazz, Southern food, hip hop. By the way, blues and jazz are the only two original American art forms. You know, know that? Right? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, ain't that crazy? They give you a way of dressing. They give you swagger. They give you style. Everything that they gave you comes out of the hell that you gave them. So I was having a conversation with a friend of mine, and I said, you know what? That is truly exceptional. Because the system was designed to break you. But you didn't break. Why? You must be exceptional. You must be exceptional. So I was thinking about this thing that they're always telling me about, about American exceptionalism. And a thought occurred to me. Were they talking about black people? Because let's be honest. If your father is rich, chances are you're going to be rich. Yes or no? True. If your father plays baseball or basketball or something, is a professor, this, that, and a third, chances are you're going to live in some kind of relative comfort. Right? True. 
But if you come from nothing, in a system that tells you you're nothing, and you make yourself something, you've literally, you've literally come from one state to the other. You must be... Exceptional. Exceptional. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah. You know what? Let my people think. You know, um... That is a that is a that's that that's a way of looking at exceptionalism. Yeah. But again, you know, not to um, mince words or anything. You know, um, American exceptionalism, the concept of it, you know, it's actually not quite. You know, they're not looking at black people. They're not saying that. They're you not. Know, yeah, they're looking at you know um, the reason why America is you know different from everybody else. You know, the reason why what applies to some other countries will not apply to America, you know, because we are exceptional. You know, I'm not saying, you know, my thing about, you know, black, except, you know, the, the exceptionalism of the black person, you know, to me, it's, it's a little more concrete because I can actually see it. That's right. You know, I can see the subjugation. I can see the adversity. Mm. And I can understand that um, if under, under all things being equal. That's right. You should be broken. You should be broken. Yeah. So let my people think. I'm, you know, now when you are not broken, when you're supposed to be broken, mm. you know, now see the exceptionalism as not something to brag about but something to actually encourage you to know your worth. Absolutely. And, and the truth of the matter is, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, the outliers like, you know, the Michael Jordans or the LeBron James or the Barack Obamas or the, or the Oprah Winfrey's. I'm not talking about those guys. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the hoi polloi. I'm talking about the average person, the average black person who threw all of these puts his kids through school. Yes. I'm talking about the, 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 the rose that grows in concrete. I'm talking about I'm talking about the millions of black people who live and breathe this oppressive system. And yet somehow yes. they still live. Still would grow. That to me is what's exceptional. And when I read the book about, you know, the new Jim Crow, those were the thoughts that that came to mind. I completely agree with you. It's not the way that America views it. But to me, America uses the word exceptionalism as an excuse for why she does the things she does. And if that's the case, I can then look at that word in connection with my people and say what you designed as a system to destroy my people did not work. It worked for so many others. I'm not gonna I'm not going to stay sit here and lie. It worked for so many others. A lot of us are bent and broken. A lot of us have given up for different reasons. We have. And yet, so many of us have not. And we're still here. We're still a people. We're still doing it. And I don't know what you'd call that. 
but exceptional. All right, so the last topic is also a very, very popular one. And I may actually lose some friends over this one. And this is one that has been coming for a while. It is this idea of defunding the police. Um, you know, right now, because of what's going on, you know, with, you know, everybody protesting, you know, you know, the Black Lives Black Lives Matter movement, all the issues, you know, surrounding the the killing of unarmed, you know, you know, blacks, you know, males and females. Um at the hands of police, you know, the question of whether or not, um, you know, there's, there's, there's an overutilization of force, um, you know, by the police and whether there's, there's a disconnect between the, between the police and, and the people that they're policing, you know, this conversation has come up mm -hmm. about, you know, about defunding, uh, about defunding the police. And, 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 and I think, you know, people have gone to their corners about this. You know, with extremists saying that, you know, the idea that you defund the police means that, you know, you're an anarchist and that you don't believe in law and order. Mm -hmm. I think of that general nature. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think, you know, it's it's a choice it's a matter of a choice of choice of words. Mm. You know, um for me for me personally, I think I actually believe more in using the word reforming than defunding. You know, um, but in having read, you know, a lot of the arguments and the statements that have been put forward by, you know, the advocates of, you know, defunding the police, you know, I've, ne I've, I've yet to actually hear a reasonable, you know, point of view that says, you know, um, create a society where there is no, there are no sets of people that, you know, uphold law and order. Hmm. For me, where, where, where I think, when, when I think about defunding the police, I think it becomes a little more palatable when one understands what the creation of the police has always been. You know, the, the creation of the police, what were they actually created to be? Hmm. You know, um, the police was actually uh, was originally a tool to suppress people. Absolutely, you know. So, if one comes from that back, one comes from that understanding, then um, defunding the police begins to take a whole different meaning. It's not saying um, you know um, no more police or. Um, all police are bad or whatever. It becomes an idea of, you know, understanding that the way this institution was created mm. was not necessarily in my best interest. Mm. You know, so moving forward, you know, we need to revise. You know, we need to now begin to um, restructure some things about how this um, institution functions. Absolutely. To me, that is what I, you know. When I hear defund the police, mm. you know, um, that is what I take from it. But in my mind, when I hear that word defund, I'm actually understanding reform. Yeah. You know, um, well, yeah. You know, I've not thought it through. Can let my people think. I've not thought it through whether you know, um, it, it means changing the name. You know, to me. The, the, the name doesn't really make a whole lot of difference. You can change the name of anything, but if its, it's function doesn't change, mm. you know, the implementations or whatever those 
institutions were formed to be, if they, you know, the core structures don't change, they keep doing what it was that they were doing in the first place. So a reformation, a reorganization, mm. a re-education, mm. you know, but within the force itself and us as a larger society to understand, you know, hey, you know, we need to begin to um, interact and begin to um, live together in a different environment, a different structure within a different structure. You know, you cannot now say, you know, you, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call 911 that my neighbor who has some, you know, who is, you know, mentally challenged or having some issues like that. Mm. I called, you know, I called 911 and they send, you know, um, policemen over the, to do, to, you know, um, for somebody having those kind of issues, tendencies, you know, end up somebody being dead. You know, there are different kinds of people that you will be able, to, you should be able to send, mm. you know, to attend to that kind of situation. So for me, I've always said that um, you can never take a snapshot of anything and say that you completely understand that thing. Um, the deep see well, I keep on saying that. And for you to see properly, you need to start at the genesis of a thing. You need to start at the beginning of a thing. Because when you start at the beginning of a thing, then you get more context into what you're talking about. And I'm also a proponent. I've, I've always said this. If your genesis is bad, your revelation is going to be messed up. If your genesis is bad, if your beginning is bad, your end is going to be bad as well. I do not see how you repair a bad beginning. So why am I saying this as concerns the police? So in America, right, the, 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 the police force here was formed around about the same time that the police force was, you know, was being formed in England. As a matter of fact, you know, funny story, the guy that formed the police in, in England, his name was Robert Peel. And because of that, they called the police over their bobbies. Mm -hmm. I've always found it a very, very funny, funny story. They either call them bobbies or they call them peelers. In the South, in the American South, when the, when the police were first formed, they were called either the watch or something else. And they had three things that they needed to do. The first thing was to chase down, apprehend, and return slaves to their owners. The second was to provide a form of organized terror to keep the slaves in check. And then the third was to maintain a form of discipline. You know, and they also meted out like summary justice of, of things like that. Then there was now a fourth. The fourth came later, and that was for them to protect the interests of the of the rich. So that's how the police here first came. Why is that my starting point? So that's my starting point because we know for a fact that these police were often complicit and stood back when blacks were being hung or lynched, this police force, right? Sometimes they actually gave the key to the to the jail room, to these guys to come. And take them out. Take them out and lynch them. Yeah. We know that, you know, during the Oklahoma City bombing, you know, the police were, were involved in that. By and large, by and large, the people that made up these early versions of the police, they were not the smartest or the brightest members of their own society. Why is that important? I'll tell you why that's important. 
the people that made up these police forces came not from the upper to middle class. They came almost from the lower classes. They became a buffer between the haves and the people that have been relegated as being the bottom, the blacks. Now, can you imagine the kind of power you just gave to a people that don't have any power in their own society? In their own society, they're not well regarded because they're not that educated, they're not that smart, they're not movers of industry. No, but you've now put them in a police force. You've just given authority to a person over another person. Who had none. Who had none. Now, can you imagine how he utilized that authority? We have too many examples to list. But what I will tell you is the early version of the police, they were corrupt and they were susceptible to bribe. Why am I saying this? I need you to understand the optics. I need you to understand how we have always seen them. Officer Johnson to us was a murdering bastard. Officer Johnson to us was not a nice guy. The way Officer Johnson would police in the white neighborhood was quite different from the way Officer Johnson would police in the black neighborhoods. Optics. That's right. That's right. And I'll say something else. We've never called it wrong. We've never called it wrong. Every time we went and we complained about these guys, the issue was always, you must have done something wrong. You must have done something wrong. The only reason we're having these conversations now is that the spin has finally caught up with the sin. There used to be a time in America when sins would just happen. But by the time the narrative of that sin came out, there'll be a spin in place to explain it. So America, especially white America, would focus on the spin. They never focused on the sin. But now, the sin and the spin are happening simultaneously. As they're doing it, they're trying to explain it. Now, all of a sudden, their explanations don't make any sense. So, guess what we're focusing on now? Now, we're focusing on the sin. At least we're seeing it. We're seeing it now. All of a sudden, white America is now saying, well, hang on a minute. These guys have always called it right. We were never wrong. Think Rodney King. Think Sandra Bland. Think Philando Castile. Think every single one of it. Think the civil rights movement. Think of them sicking dogs on kids, water hoses. The police force has always been the blunt instrument that has been used to beat the black populace into submission. We've never called it wrong. Fast forward 2020, it's still happening. Fast forward 2020, there's still a tone deafness. So, Sean, what do you understand or what do you mean when you say defund the police? What does that mean? I'm saying that to move ahead in this society, the police force, the way it's currently constituted, needs to be abolished. 
You need to police locally. You can no longer import police in from other jurisdictions into a neighborhood where they have no affinity. When you do that, what you're doing is you're bringing jailers in. When a policeman that has no affinity with Baltimore City goes and polices in Baltimore City, his only bailiwick, his marching orders is keep these guys in. Now, you may not see the bars, you may not see the walls, but what I just described to you was what? I just described a jail to you. But if the person that's policing you grew up in that neighborhood, if the person policing you understands that that is Mr. Jefferson, Mr. Jefferson is a bit deaf in his left ear. If I was to call Mr. Jefferson and he doesn't answer me, my next move is not to shoot him. If you police locally, you understand that, oh, that is Aiden. Aiden is 13 years old. He just happens to be tall and he plays basketball. What does that mean? It means that if I was to encounter Aiden, I would not treat him like a man and think to shoot him. The optics of the police, the way it is currently constituted, needs to be changed because there is no trust between them and my people. And if you're going to get my people to buy in, you need to completely change the way this thing has been done. I'm going to say something. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and he was concerned because I said that all cops are bad. He didn't like me saying that. And I said this to him. I said, the problem is you're looking at cops as individuals. I'm not looking at cops as individuals. I am looking at the institution. Do you have individual policemen trying to do good? Yes. But they've not been able to stop what the police as an institution has done, have they? So if you as a person, if you sign on to the police, what are you doing? You're co-signing what they do. If you are a good policeman and you keep your mouth shut while you see atrocities being committed near you. Now, you didn't do it. But guess what? You're culpable. That's right. So to me, defund the police is another excellent example. It's another excellent chance that we have to try to recalibrate the conversation that we're having as Americans. And I don't want us to leave the table without getting everything we're trying to get. The problem is this. People are playing semantics and they're also pulling on heartstrings. They're calling, you know, they're, they're being emotional. I'm not going to be emotional about this. You guys are killing people. The false equivalence that you give me doesn't work for me. You're killing people. You are overpowered. You have too much power. You've developed this us versus them mentality where to you, every black person is a target. And if they don't comply, if they don't obey your authority, the next thing for you to do is to what? Is to shoot them. Without understanding that the authority that you have was given to you by society, which we happen to be a part of. That's right. So yes, I am a big proponent of defund the police. I'm going to say one more thing and I'm going to keep quiet. I can tell you the story about a guy called Kevin. Kevin's a nice guy. Kevin's a, you know, for all intents and purposes, he's a nice guy, right? But Kevin is a bit lonely. 
isn't he? So he wants friends. And he has the opportunity to join this group of people who have sing songs, you know, they, you know, they have a barbecue, you know, they get together and, and then they, you know, they, they have activities, you know, mainly at night. And Kevin is down with that. So Kevin joins this group, right? He then realizes, hang on a minute, this group is the KKK. Now, Kevin is not down for them like lynching people. He doesn't go when they do that. He doesn't go when they do all this, atro you know, atrocious stuff. He just goes along for the barbecue and... The socializing. The socializing. Is Kevin a good guy? He no. belongs to the cake? No. That is my point. The police have always been a terrorist organization to us. You pointing out individual people in a terrorist organization does not change the way I see that organization. And yes, people will say to me, well, you're comparing uh, the police with the KKK. There was a report that came out by the FBI some years ago that said that the KKK was infiltrating whole police forces. So yes, I can say that the police, to me, reminds me of the KKK. Because the FBI said that they were infiltrated by them. So what am I saying? I am saying that the police, as necessary as they are, and please hear me well, as necessary as they are, cannot be allowed to continue in its current form. It's given too much power to individuals who have for centuries abused it. And us allowing them to continue is us saying that you can keep doing the same thing and get a different outcome. But we know that to be insanity, don't we? So, in, in having said that, mm. who or why would you use defund instead of reform? Why am I asking this question? Um, in trying to actually effect a change why don't you um why be confrontational on it why why do you in why do you actually go out of your way you know to be controversial about the thing that you are trying to do you don't negotiate because with cancer do you no you don't negotiate with cancer okay good the police force has been a cancer to the black but what you're saying though what you just said Again, let my people think, right? Mm. You haven't said, what does, the, you know, when you say defund, mm. the connotation, the idea, right? You know, by the average guy, you know, especially one who is not a black person, mm. right? Who is not directly affected by the atrocities of this force. Mm. You know, who see them, who see the police, right, as an ally. You know, but who is now beginning to see things from your point of view and they're trying to partner with you, then you tell you you now use the word defund the police. You know, what I mean why use that? I mean, why not use the word that actually describes what you're trying to do? So that people you can have a greater buy-in. I mean, I think for me. Just like you, I am not so hung up on 
the terminology is used. Yeah, but it's not ours. I know. Mm-hmm. Reform or defund. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is this conversation has gotten us to a table right now. And there's conversations going on, necessary conversations going on, right? The reason why I like the word defund is because it's going to affect some people's pockets. And what we're saying is if you do not reform or completely overhaul this thing, it's going to affect your economics. And we know that in America, unless and until it affects your economics, people don't move. People don't move. That's why I like that word. Reform, to me, is what's going to have to happen. But in order to reform, the threat of being defunded must not be allowed to leave the table. Do you know why I personally like the word defund? Tell me. It's because it creates conflict. Mm. Yeah. And I believe that nothing changes without conflict. Absolutely. Especially when something that you are trying to change has an oppressive force. Yes. A subjugating force Mm. and a taking without giving force. That's right. The only way that you can actually change this is by confrontation and conflict. And so to me, the word defund is actually what is bringing people to the table. Absolutely. Because even though it creates tension Mm. and puts people on edge, Mm. it actually gets things done more than being uh, buddy-buddy and a what's up. A what's up doesn't change anything. No, it doesn't. It actually (laughs) perpetrates the status quo. Hey, yo, here's the message to the king. Listen, I think you guys are exceptional. Don't stop at equality. We want you to strive for equity. And keep doing what you're doing. Very proud of you. Peace. God bless.